All right, folks, welcome back to the Red Ass Podcast. Uh, we do have a very special guest on today, of course. Um, if you want to go ahead and introduce our guest, Roy, that'd be awesome. Yeah, so, uh, you know, sometimes we touch on, uh, you know, on Premier League stuff, and, and I know that not everybody out there listens to Premier League stuff, but uh, today we brought on uh, a, a really awesome guest. He's, a, he's an Aggie class of 95 guy. It's Fernando Palomo. And uh, mm-hmm. he's, an, he's an ESPN broadcaster. He has, uh, you still have uh, Fuera de Juego, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, yes, and that's what, the most popular uh, show on Deportes since like 06. I'd like to think it is. It is the most <laughs> popular in the Palomo household. That's what it is. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, so we wanted to bring him on because we're going to do something uh, a little bit more uh, kind of Premier League and uh, football, um, just not American football, but more football oriented today. Um, and we're going to talk a little, talk to Fernando a little bit just about being an ag. Um, like I said, he's class of 95 and, uh, uh, and you would think that, you know, he was in broadcast journalism and he's, but he was an athlete. He played, he was on, he was on track. So a, a couple things I want to touch on Then We're going to let him talk for a little bit. So, uh, he threw the javelin, which is one thing I always wish I could have done, but it was outlawed in Texas when I was growing up. Um, like in the, at the high school level, huh. but uh, he is the El Salvador still. You still hold the national record, correct, for javelin? Yes, sir. Yeah, which I don't know if it's good still. I mean, it's been 22 years since I said that, and I don't know if it says anything about the way we have progressed. But that's another <laughs> topic for another day. That's fair. <laughs> um, and uh, one thing I did find, and I want to bring this up, and I also wanted to congratulate you, is that you're one of seven recipients for the 2021 NCAA Silver Anniversary Award, uh, award right? Yeah. And for those of you who don't know, it recognizes uh, individuals on the 25th anniversary of the conclusion of their college athletic careers. And uh, let's see, you had an all Southwest conference mark of uh, or third best at 237 feet, one inch and 96. You can beat it for El Salvador, won eight national titles. Yeah. And so it says that it says the mark still stands for 72.7 meters and 98. It still stands. I'm telling you, and, and, and I'm kind of pushing for it to go, you know, I'm, I'm sponsoring a club in El Salvador, a truck club in El Salvador, and, and I've told the coach that she better go out there and find a good javelin thrower because it's a good price for whoever breaks that thing. I'm tired of seeing my name over it. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> well, so we want to talk to you and just kind of give us a little bit of background, um, you know, give the listeners a uh, background just about you and kind of A&M and just kind of how your career trajectory has gone since, you know, since you really got into broadcast journalism. And don't leave out the, the FIFA part. Yeah. Because that's like that's so cool. It's huge. That is cool. Yeah, I I can't even believe I still do that thing. I can't believe I did do that. I mean, it's it's just so amazing. But we'll get into that. So I was born in El Salvador, and I, I grew up in El Salvador. Went to high school in, in in El Salvador, and and then I found my place in the world. I mean, I knew that was going to be the college I went to. I knew since my brother went to school at A and M, and he's thirteen years older than I am. So. Hmm. I'm the youngest of seven, and so brothers and sisters just started leaving the house before all of a sudden I was all by myself, me and my mom and my dad, and that was it. And they all started leaving the house to go study, but the first one that left was Eduardo, and and he went to school at A&M, and first time he came back for for Christmas vacation, must have been, or or probably summer, uh, he brought back all these stories and magazines, and, and I just fell in love with the place. I, without not having been there or set foot in college station i knew growing up that that was the college i was going to go to and 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 then college football came about and and the idea of being in such an environment and and then my love for tv and 
it, it all just married itself into I want to be the guy that calls games at that stadium one day. I haven't called anything at Kyle Field except for some, you know, PE classes <laughs> doing their lap test when when Kyle Field had a, at a track and I used to be at Needham Steed lifting weights and just playing around with folks just calling the and the brunette is taking the lead, you know. And <laughs> but that's all I've called it at Kyle Field. One day that dream will come true. But I grew up um, understanding that there's a bigger thing happening at, at, at a university in, in a country far away from mine than just going to school, grabbing your backpack and going to classrooms. That there was something else brewing in that place and that I wanted to be a part of it. So then that came from my oldest brother and then he married an Aggie and, and then the brother, my other brother, Fred, who's the closest in, in age to me, also went to school and he got in the core. So I knew some of the stories and traditions around like regular school life. And then he showed me the core activity and, and what y'all do in the core and, and and I just, I just knew then that I wasn't going to join the corps, but I was going to go to AM. I was, there was no way somebody was getting me up at five o'clock in the morning, could take a job. <laughs> <laughs> That'll work. Well, well and then, then you end up in track and, you know, practice times for track are just ridiculous, but yeah. Well, we, we used to ran, run past uh, the core guys in the morning when, whenever we went out in, on, in morning runs, which didn't happen that often, but being in, in, the, in the track team, by the way, just I knocked on the door in the track team, I walked on the team. They, they didn't know about me, but I knew about who the coach was, Chico de la Garza, who's still around. He's still coaching there. And uh, and and I I came to the door and I, I introduced myself and I told him that I wanted to go to walk on the team. And he kind of laughed at my standards, at my 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 marks. You know, I didn't cut it to be on the team, but he saw a guy that knew a lot about track and was passionate about it. And he just decided, maybe, at least he might be bad but he's funny you know so i ended up <laughs> making it into the uh into the team that represented a and m at a national championship so so i kind of improved over time well and and correct me if i'm wrong i think i've read this somewhere uh you just kind of landed on javelin yeah well i started in and i wanted to be a decathlete at 13 or 12 or 13 when i started doing track I, my dream was to go to the olympics and I figured if you go to the Olympics, you don't want to go there for the 100 meters because that's over in 10 seconds and, and not my case, right? But Yeah, I was going to say uh, about 18 seconds for me, but yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it, that's done right away. You're done and dusted and, and you leave the track and that's it. Bye-bye. So what can I do that could leave me there for a long time and not, you know, eh, suffer too much? I figured yes. 10, events, <laughs> 10 events over two days, you get to see everything. You know, you get to test the long jump pit and the pole vault pit and the high jump and and you're there in the stadium for two days at the olympics so i'm going to be a decathlete but i was the slowest of my class i was probably one of the weakest of my class oh, i was the most enthusiastic of my class uh, and 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 in train in training for the decathlon a uh, i ended up one there was one competition that i high jumped high higher than i pole vaulted so the pole vault <laughs> was kind of like a i was yeah you laugh, Roy, but that was—it was true. It's true. That's wow. <laughs> well, I, I laugh because I—you uh, way back yonder when I used to do track, I was a jumper, and I guarantee you that if I had tried pole vault, I still would have high jumped higher than I would have pole vaulted. 
Yeah, so I one time the pole the pole snapped and hit me right back in the face. Oh, so I was like, this is gonna be a relationship that is not gonna go anywhere, you know. So me and the decathlon are gonna not gonna last long. So I figured, it's you know, the fifteen hundred fifteen hundred meters, that's that's three and three quarter laps around the track. That's a lot. <laughs> that for me that was a lot. So I ended up, you know, just Long story short, the javelin was one event in which I improved a lot and I saw improvement every time I stepped on the track. And that's kind of fun when you're in high school, you know, you see that you go out there and, and you train and then you improve a bunch, you know, you, you don't improve in inches, you improve in feet. Yeah. You know, and 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 many feet over time. And so I I fell in love with the thing and, and this is serious. There's very I, I don't I have not encountered a greatest pleasure in athletics or in sports than seeing the javelin fly when you hit the correct point. I you know? I've been in love with the javelin ever since. I mean, growing up, I always watched the Olympics, and I've just been infatuated with the javelin. And I, 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 I still to this day, if I could pick one up and have somebody train me just to do it, just for fun, for like a day, I it's would. It's not do it. fun. That's the thing, Roy. It's not a. It's a fun event when you get to. to hit that point and, and that javelin just flies and you feel like you've, you know, uh, I don't know, you, you've uh, conquered physics, aerodynamics, right? You've conquered it and, and you made a little, you know, pound and a half thing or a long pound and a half stick fly longer than you've had before. But it takes a lot of pounding on you. I mean, there's a knees knee pain back pain you know ankles elbows shoulders all of it it just i mean i've messed up every single uh part of my skeleton i think well i think i'm almost there with you with all the the pounding i took in the army so let's we'll have to go out one time and our two old butts can go throw them a little bit <laughs> i can't i can't without i mean hats off to you guys i mean that i couldn't go through a saturday morning of, of military I'm not good at taking like people having just screaming at me. <laughs> I was never good with personal trainers either. Like, well, come on, you know, like I'm, dude, I'm don't need to scream. I'm here. It, it <laughs> motivates you to get promoted quicker. Yeah, but uh, but uh, okay. So um, thanks for your service, by the way, Roy. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Thank you. I'm no, thank thank you seriously. I'm about that close to retiring, so getting pretty excited. I'll be retiring this year. What um, are we doing? Uh, well, just retire from the army. I'm still working. No, no, I'm saying, what are you doing to celebrate? Uh, Do you uh, celebrate when you retire from the army? That's oh, yeah. Question. Oh, yeah. No, it's, <laughs> it'll be something stupid. You should come in town for it. I'm always up for something like that. Because, And the best part is, is like, it's a retirement party. So we're all going to be, you know, about our age. Uh-huh. Yeah, so it's going to be a whole lot of old farts making terrible decisions, except for unlike in college, we'll really pay for it the next day. Yeah. That's yeah. what happens. Yeah, that's the plan. A lot that's of steak, a lot of beer, too much beer. That's what happens. I'm, and college was great. I mean, and being part of a team, mm -hmm. uh, just being part of a, a team that represented the school was the best thing that happened to me. Because here I am going back, knocking on the, my coach's door, walking on the team, and not and knowing that my athletic ability wasn't good to even travel with the team when they went to Waco, you know, <laughs> my first year, they're like, no, you're doing, you're only doing home meets. So my, my track team experience, my freshman year was just home meets. 
Mm-hmm. And then second year was okay. You 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 can get on the bus now, but only in Texas, right? <laughs> and, uh, and then and then to get on that plane and go to the NCAA championships in in '96, nobody gifted that to me. But it was just the push of a coach that, again, quietest man you you've ever been uh, around. But the guy knew what to say, where which buttons to push. And he truly found something in me that I never knew I had. And and for that, I'll be eternally grateful. I mean, Juan de la Garza has been a father figure to me. He doesn't know this. He probably doesn't want to know it either. But he, he his lessons have are, are still with me. I mean, the fact that he taught me how to program myself to set goals and in order to achieve them, work day in and day out as if that was the last workout you would ever do and 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 don't complain about things you know that was that was great hey Juan we don't have a bench to do bench press and he'll find a a four by whatever but two by four and 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 lay it on on top of whatever and we'll have a bench you know yeah, I think, you know, it's it's funny, it's, it's sports, military, business, all of it, you know, you, all of us will always have one or two, and two, honestly, if we're lucky, uh, just phenomenal mentors and leaders that we've had over time that, um, you know, we still will always think about either things they said or things they did or, or how they approached things and how they made you understand, um, you know, the proper way to go about things and not just in that specific instance, but in life and, and mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, you know I've, I was fortunate enough to to have a a couple of those in the army, and and my and my father is is, is another phenomenal example for me. But uh, but let's not get too sappy. No, right? that's great. All right, so <laughs> so we'll uh, uh, let's get into the Premier League. First of all, you know I'm a West Ham guy. Do I? Yes, you know I'm a West. <laughs> in the world that follows you, Roy, knows what West Ham is. I bet you that fifty percent of those that follow you on social media or that know you or have been to your restaurant and know that you're a West Ham fan have gone back and have to have to do research. Yeah, figure out what West Ham what is. West Ham is. Like go <laughs> hammers. They're like, well, who's playing MC or what? Yeah, we uh I, I did redo a little interior decorating. I actually put a West Ham flag up in the restaurant now. So I was gonna ask you, every time I've walked in, I haven't seen anything that it, it resembles that that place belongs to somebody that the likes West Ham. Yeah, that that's new. I I got a, we took the menu boards down. My wife and I um took over the restaurant like we own it now. To like okay, and uh, so I did a little redecorating. So now it's kind of right in your face. Well, you, you, the signatures are still there, right? Oh yeah, yeah. The only thing I did, I, I pulled down the menu boards and I put flags up. Okay, that's good. The signatures are still there. I mean, because I I was going to ask you if I could be on the signature wall, but you'd never ask me so. You kidding me? Next time you're in, how, how have we not got you on the? Board? I don't know. You never asked me that. I feel like really bad. I always go there and I'm, I leave the place and I tell my wife, "What? Well, Roy doesn't ask me to be on the." <laughs> yeah, I just keep giving him crap. What do I need to do? All right. Well, you know what? I'll I'll portion off a javelin <laughs> section and we'll we'll take care of it. Uh, bring pictures if you tell me. I mean, just hey, I'll take me. a sign picture. I'll put a sign picture on the wall any day. A poster. I got posters. No, I'm kidding. There you go. <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, Rob here is a Liverpool guy. Yeah. yeah don't Good for you, Rob. When did you jump on the bus? Man, uh, so 2013. <laughs> 
20 yeah because i mean are you yeah. a bandwagon no I, not at all so i i jumped on in 2013 actually i really wasn't much of a soccer follow until about 2013 what uh, it? and it was uh mostly a&m women's I, you know, that, that's what really got me in. I started hanging out with the, what they were called Maroon Militia at the time. Okay. And uh, that's what really kind of got me into the soccer culture. So I jumped in with them, uh, American Outlaws. I'm actually the president of American Outlaws, Bryan College Station. Really? Yes, sir. And awesome. uh, yeah, that's kind of been my, uh, that's been my other project here in town. But yeah, I jumped on with Liverpool in 2013. Um, yeah, he's not a bandwagon fan. We, we had to explain ourselves on one of our podcasts as to why we follow who we follow. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you choose Liverpool in 2013? Because, I mean, that's not a season you would say. I mean, it's easy to say 2005, you know, 2007. Sure. But right. So it ex- they were close to nothing. Yeah. So one of my buddies, uh, his name's Colin. Colin was uh, one of the um, uh, Militia guys. And he wanted me to get into Premier League. He said, you know, you need to pick, you kind of figure out who your team's going to be. What are you looking for? And, you know, I said, it's 2013. I said, I'm looking for a team that's got, you know, potential to be pretty solid, a really good fan base. Maybe not the best team right now, but they've got some decent history. And just honestly, just kind of a good sized fan base. So I can, you know, it's not super hard to jump in with them, but maybe it's not like the hot team. And he's like, dang it, you're a Liverpool fan. You know, and he's he's a Chelsea guy. So, um, <laughs> so what happened was. <laughs> He so, didn't like you right away when you say, "Okay, yeah, history." He crossed up Chelsea right away. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so Chelsea was Chelsea's was out the door. No, so I, I jumped on with Liverpool, and I, I had to experience you know, the the Gerard slip. I had to experience all that fun stuff and the agony of having to wait during all the pandemic before they finally won the title, and that was just that was a nice you know that was a great feeling. Came over to his house afterwards, and we had champagne till about midnight. I, I was happy to be a host. See, that's the thing. Like, you don't ever have to ask a West Ham fan. Like, when did you bandwagon on? Like, bandwagon yeah. what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, if if you ever meet a West Ham fan that goes, "Dude, we're we're top of the league," I'm like, "You just started falling Premier League, didn't you?" Like, yeah, yeah. literally the greatest start we've ever had. Yeah. So, uh, I you know what though, top top club in London. Thank you. What is what this season? I got to tell you this. I mean, you are going to. Uh, what are you going to do in April with your fingernails? Yeah. This time around, you're going to really have to cut them instead of just biting them because it's been. <laughs> well, I well, I, I uh, one of the West Ham guys I follow, I hopped on Twitter this morning because you know it was transfer deadline day today. Yeah. And uh, and he was like, you know, it's transfer deadline day today. Have you told your fans West- what transfer deadline day is and what it really means? It's like it, it's not as as. It's not like the NBA trading deadline or the Major League Baseball traded trading right. deadline, where you really get a lot of good guys going, you know, to really mm-hmm. good teams. This is getting people you really have to Wikipedia a lot. Right. Yeah. Well, I I try and like anybody ever asked me, I try to explain it as it's like a, the you know the trade deadline in the major leagues, except for you get two of them, and one of them, like the one in the summer, is really the big name transfer season. And the one in the winter is really a depth kind of, you know, if you had the opportunity to have a second shot at really building depth for title runs, that's really, I thought it was kind of a quiet transfer day today. Like as, was, far, as far as big names go. Well, they, uh, Kabak from uh, Schalke went to Liverpool. Good yep. defender, 20-year-old Turkish defender. Saw that. Yep. So I do the, the plug-in promo here. Bundesliga on ESPN+. Plus. Yeah, 
it's four ninety nine. I think it's ESPN Plus. It's it's worth it. I don't know if you have it, but it's worth it. Well, yeah, ESPN Plus is is big because now with so many Premier League matches being on Peacock, and especially now that we know that NBC Sports Network is going away and it's going to yeah. shift directly to all the Peacock, that yeah, you know, they still don't have the FA Cup rights. They don't have Bundesliga, so there's there's a lot of other stuff that the four ninety nine a month for for ESPN Plus is worth it. Right. And honestly, as long as West Ham's in it, it's worth getting an FA match out of it. I mean, once FA a Cup month. is fun, and then and then you get the Bundesliga Italian Serie A, you get the right. Copa yeah. Ray. So I do the Bundesliga, and I've followed. Uh, I've done quite a few Schalke games, and and they're the worst defense in in the league, by the way. Oh, but but Liverpool is signing this kid who's 20 year old, who's a 20 year old kid. I'm telling you, this kid and Matthew Hope, who's mm-hmm. in the American, the scoring goals now that they just unplugged from from an academy that Barcelona mm-hmm. has in Arizona. The kid is 19 years old, and and. Nobody knew about him in the States. And now he's going to get signed by Schalke. He's playing in the Bundesliga now and, and starting for them, just renewed his deal. So most people center their attention there. But Liverpool just signing this kid, I think, is a great steal. Most people don't know of the name of the guy. And they say, oh, he's coming from the worst defense in the Bundesliga. He, he might not amount to anything. But I got to tell you, I do it a lot, quite often. And, uh, and the kid has got some potential. Not potential. He's good. I mean, mm. he's good. Yeah, yeah. Well, we were. So just that's that's me. not a big name, but it's a good signing. There's a right. an American that went to Swansea, Paul yeah. Ariola. Well, I mean, American going to, this, to 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 Europe. Well, when we picked up Sufal, Vladimir Sufal, I mean, it wasn't a big signing. We got him for five mil. Nobody, I'd never even heard of the guy, and he's probably probably been the you know outside of Ogbon, he's been the strongest in our back. Sufal's phenomenal. I'd never even heard of the guy. He's been playing the Czech Republic. Yeah, yeah, and, and this is where. That job is fascinating. I mean, Billy Bean actually uh, helped. I don't know if he he was working with Liverpool at some point, but he did. He was uh, at Newcastle for some time in trying to instill the big data. Uh, Moneyball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Moneyball work environment uh, within their scouting system. And, and that has really found a push over the past five years because not all teams have all the money in the world. Like, like you know, those state-funded teams that we all know about right there's some that really work as a as a as a business and and in order to make yourself competitive you need to make business decisions with sense and and there's a lot of numbers behind the big signings nowadays where you know do you want to play your ball out of the back do you take a guy that has you know the most uh accuracy percentage in, in long ball passing or do you take you know the one that has the most tackles in the middle of the field there's a lot of variables that go into buying a player nowadays some pay attention to that some don't even pay attention to the way the kid you know acts outside of the field you know barcelona but usman dembele from borussia dortmund for 115 million euros and nobody studied enough to know that the kid loves to play video games and he stays up until 5 6 a.m playing video games <laughs> and the right. kid missed practices and and you know nobody does that study when they when, of course when it's not their money they don't do it right mm-hmm. yeah it's interesting you say that because i've noticed and you know i don't just follow west ham guys uh, you know i follow a lot of stuff around the league and it's interesting you talk about the money ball portion of it or aspect of it because i've seen a lot more um 
really just full-blown statistical breakdowns that are just almost all numbers, uh, probably more so in the last year than I have really ever before. And some of these stats I look at and I have to go look up what exactly they're trying to tell me. Like, I don't even understand it. Yeah, there's, you know, ex expected goals. Yeah. Uh, I don't much get that, but it's 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 certain number of variables that are put into place to figure out whether a team needs to have more goals than the ones that they actually score. Right. Zero, zero draw at halftime you know you see expected goals two to one from one team is like this uh, team with two should have because of the distance uh, of their shot and yeah it has to do, yeah once it's started bringing distance of shots i'm like i'm gonna have to research this a lot more before i you know having having started at espn 20 years back and, and in sports center in latin america and growing up in the culture of the sports center in the states where, where you add a lot of numbers to kind of augment the, the fact that you're not just saying that a guy played a good game, you're actually saying that a guy had a triple double or, or, or mm -hmm. that a guy had, you know, how, however many rushing yards and, and, mm -hmm. and caught, you know, so many passes or whatever. Shooting score. percentage, yards after catch, you know, pass completion percentage, which I've seen a lot more emphasis on in the Premier League too. It's, it's really talking about not just, just possession and goals. You're talking about pass completion, um, you know, not just possession time, but you know what was done with the possession. Shots, shots I, I, on goals. I, I mean, yeah. and I enjoy I enjoy it to an extent, but I remember when they were almost became this stat overload like ten years ago. Everybody just thought that every stat you could make up ever in the world made sense, and some of it was just like this guy always scores twenty points if he plays, you know, in the Western time zone, and it's a full moon. You're like, I don't need that kind of information. Yeah, yeah, you don't need yeah, baseball maybe because you got to fill fill up time for 180 games, right? <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's true. Or 162. I don't even know how many they they play. But when you think about it, 20 years back, I came with that approach to Sports Center and, and and the Sports Center desk in Latin America, and, and guys, producers would be telling me, Dude, "Don't overload the stats. We do, this is soccer. It's not basketball. You know where you can really read a game by just reading the stats." Mm -hmm. yeah. You read a box score and, and you kind of get an idea, not kind of, you get an idea of what happened, who dominated where, you know, rebounds and, and assists and stuff like, and steals and stuff like that. In soccer, it's not that way because there's so many uh, subjective things that still make the game an art, an art right. form, mm -hmm. at least. Uh, when, when you think of an assist in the game, an assist in soccer, is, there's so many other things that happen before an assist could happen. Right. Take Liverpool, for example. Now right. that everybody knows how they play, right. you get the big three up front. Uh, do you count as an assist for Firmino when Firmino comes out of the box and carries a defender with him so to free that zone so that Mane or Salah can jump behind the back of a defender and get, a, get the pass from Thiago? Mm -hmm. Firmino's play is non-existent in the stat world but mm -hmm. it must have been the most important movement of the game at that point in order for uh, a team to free up the defense right so those are the things that make uh, this game that, that that we're talking about mm -hmm. soccer football sometimes an art form one of the things we always like to say poetry in motion well, and that's one thing because now, you know, I watch the Premier League mornings. I watch the stuff in between matches. If it's on TV or on Peacock or on at all, like I found myself, I now watch Sky Sports News. Still don't understand cricket, never going to. But, um, you know, when they really break down goals and they break down play, 
uh, you know, what they started to do with when they'd show replays and they'll highlight players. And I've seen a lot more than really, you know, especially the Robbies um, to talk and they really show what you're talking about. You know, it's the play off the ball that makes the play. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it's really one, it's great to watch. And it's great because if I saw it live, you know, I might not have caught it um, just because naturally you follow the ball, you know, Exactly. Yeah, in football, it's easier to see a lot of stuff at once, you know, American football, because it all happens right in here in this box. But, you know, when you're talking about the, the wide expanse of the pitch, you're going to miss some things that may literally directly tie to a goal being scored or, or a goal or, 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 or a run being stopped. And, and so it's um, I've, I've enjoyed the way they do that, putting rings on players. And they really <clears throat> have started to do it to where one is somebody who's watched it for a while. Um, but it's still, you know, relatively new to it. Um, you know, just, I mean, been what, 11 years, but then also for somebody that's just now getting into it, they're helping to explain the sport, you know, to the one country in the world that, that where football is a different sport, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's, I've really enjoyed all the, the analysis stuff that's really started to occur more so, or at least is being uh, maybe more widely streamed so we can see it. I was on, on the team that on the broadcast, team that went on to the World Cup in Brazil in 2014 mm-hmm. and I was involved not directly involved but around the production team that did uh, the broadcast for ESPN for the 2010 World Cup in South Africa right. and the language uh, between one and the other changed dramatically when somebody in, in an office somewhere in the ESPN campus said let's talk the game is a game is supposed to be talked about, not try to explain the game to right. those that are watching, because you're going to tune out those that know the game so much, that are passionate about the game, that don't want to hear what an offside call is, or or explain the rules of the game in the middle of a match. You know. Well, I don't know. I think we circled Dumbing back. it down, honestly. right? I don't think we understand what offsides is anymore with Still, the AR, but <laughs> I don't even know what a handball is anymore in soccer. Yeah. You know? There, there's no the, rules. All the points are made up, anyways. I don't know what what VAR does. I don't I don't know anything anymore when it comes to that. But we are passionate about the game, and that is stuff that you have to translate and transfer over to the viewing audience. When you see the Robbies on NBC dissecting a play, it's like like going to you know late '80s and watching Ron Jaworski sit on that film room at, at ESPN yep. mm-hmm. for that NFL's film show they had on Sunday mornings you know the game needs something like that the game but but not the analysis part the passion behind yeah. the analysis and these guys are passionate they they I like them but I I like what they do I know them both and I love what they do and I think they 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 do a great job in transferring what the game means mm-hmm. not 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 explaining what the game is you know yeah no I, i've enjoyed it that's one thing where you know as i watch uh, you know what's the argument that you always hear uh, you know out of americans you know how can you watch them for an hour and a half and have nothing to nothing I'm like, it, because it lasts an hour and a half right well 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 yeah well also yeah. because you know that score line and it can in no way be indicative of the match exactly you know, it, just because it should show you how difficult it is to score I know a good friend of mine is, is assistant coach for a team in the Premier League, and and we've had discussions over what the game is, why we call a good game a good game, 
other than just the scoreboard, you know, why was it a good game? And and his idea, not idea, but but the way he explains it to me is that I call the games. I, I'm a play-by-play guy, so I'm following whoever is following the ball and those that might surround him, right? I don't see what the ha- what's happening away from the ball. Right. And mm-hmm. sometimes when we see that the game, that there's nothing happening in the game, there's a lot of other things happening around that we're not able to see. And that's enjoyable. You know, that's the people. It's a click. It's going to click one day that you start seeing the game at a, in a wider, not just whatever's on the TV mm-hmm. or not whoever's just carrying the ball. You get to see everything. You get to see all the movements. Because if you think about it, in football, in America, not trying, not trying to compare, but I'm doing it. In, in American <laughs> football, you get a, a, a player has three or four options to choose from throughout the game. Receiver might run straight, take break right, break left, or or run five yards and and come back to the to the quarterback. And lineman has three or four things that he can do during the game. There's no set design for what a player can do on the field, except for understanding what his ten other teammates are doing. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a natural uh, flow, and it's an unstopped flow. Exactly. It's it's a but it's it, it's like a being a team is a being is is that that is interconnected by a purpose to score a goal on the other side but everybody has to move accordingly and within the lines of that purpose and intention it's you can get deep into it i'm telling you if you can get philosophical (laughs) about soccer (laughs) just drinking water i'm telling you the game. It's it's a beautiful sport. Um, okay, so let's let's run down now. Now we have to dive directly into your professional side of this. All right. Well, and, and we'll we'll kind of go quick on the Premier League because I don't want to just focus on Premier League. Mm-hmm. But who's who's winning? City. Okay. And why? Do you need an argument? City's got more depth, I think. Sure. And. Uh, and they know how to win. I think United have a good squad. They they're limited in the idea that they bring up that they bring to the table. Liverpool are limited squad wise because of all the injuries and and I think nobody has really uh, come to appreciate how hard it is to go back-to-back seasons like Liverpool did in finishing second to City two seasons ago, and then the strain of having to hold on to that lead last season with everything that happened. I think that's taken a toll physically and mentally on a lot of players. And and Jurgen Klopp is not a coach that would coach for six or seven years at the same squad, and he's approaching that. Mm -hmm. You're not wrong. I might be. I might make my win, and then you'll say, "Well, you were wrong." Well, yeah, you know. <laughs> well, I mean, right, I won't cry about it. Right, right now, the form the city is in is kind of ridiculous. Um, ridiculous. They just, Same one they were last year, except for they were missing a couple of players. Bernardo yeah, Silva and, is back. Well, and Liverpool was just on such a rocket ride last year, point to the top of the table. It was it was fascinating to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, who who finishes top four? Let's talk about Champions League in Europa. Mm. So obviously, City. So I'm saying City 
You think Ole Gunnar Solskjaer can keep United up? They, I, they I was going to place United in fourth. Okay. Think they'll, think they'll finish fourth? Yeah. So City, Liverpool, Arsenal, Ar- United. Arsenal? They're going to make a run? There you go. I mean, they're, they're trying to figure it out. I think they have. That, I mean, he had a – I think Arteta has to come to simplify his his idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a banner the other day they showed before the match. Arsene Wenger, you know, football has to be an art or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. The big banner, that's that's what they play. That's what they're trying to achieve. But Arteta can't do that in the first or second year, especially with the players he has. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's got to be more direct. Sure. You know, I'm kind of hoping they make a run. Uh, you think Leicester stays up around five? I don't think they do, no. No. I'll give you guys a spot in the Europa League, though. I'll give West Ham a chance in the Europa League. Why? Like I was trying to say earlier, like it's transfer dead, deadline day, but for West Ham fans, it's just Monday. Like yeah. we don't have a striker. We don't. We literally don't have a striker. Antonio sits as a striker, but we got nobody behind him. So I'd, I'd like to see Tottenham stay out of the of the of the side. I'd like to see Tottenham relegated, but that's just personal. Um, <laughs> but say, our, our, our Tottenham buddies uh, yeah. who are all going to be listening to this Well, podcast. and it's seriously, <laughs> like if you're in Texas and you're a Premier League fan, you're a Tottenham fan because the Spurs, that's the only connection I can make. So it just makes it obnoxious. <clears throat> they, they have bail. I mean, they brought, they brought a golfer in. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, we were actually talking a little earlier um, – you know, it's going to be interesting to see how they perform in the next two to three weeks, though, with Kane, because Kane and Son up top is such a lethal, you know, duo. But that's it. That's all they do. You're but, right. But if it's just Son, what happens? Did they get rid of Dele Alli? I've missed that, if, I, if uh, they did or not. But the guy came out one time, out of the tunnel, he goes, using another language, right? He goes, it's, it's just long ball and defense. That's it. That's all yep. it is. That's all it is. So, they make for a great documentary and a nice behind-the-scenes thing, but but you have to aspire for more. You know, mm-hmm. you have to aspire to. There's no fans in the stands, right? So this analogy is not going to work, or this line is not going to be work. Uh, yeah, work nowadays. But fans pay to go into the stadiums to go watch a team win games, right? <clears throat> if if all they do is is Try to push luck, you know, and 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 have fans sitting on the edge of their seats. Some fans are going to be saying, I, "I can't stand this anymore. I need to go and enjoy the match." Oh, you know how the hooligans are. You'll have a revolt on your hands. We, we're, it, we're, we're sitting fifth in the league, and you got people talking about burning down the gates because we didn't sign anybody on three for deadline day. I, there's there's very little money out there too. You yeah. Know? Very little money, and, and and teams have lost at least twenty five percent of their revenue because they're they're lacking gate receipts. Right. You know, it's not just gate receipts; it's really the vending. And that was an interesting point I was listening to. Uh, the it's called West Ham Fan TV. There's some bloggers. They're they do a phenomenal job. Um, they were talking about the thing that's different about West Ham though is West Ham. Part of the deal with the stadium was that they would give up the catering and vending. So by not having matches there, they're not missing that money. They never got it to begin with. So really, it's only ticket sales. So you know when you're talking about you sell Dylan Ghana, you, you know you sell Haller uh, to you send him to Ajax because we spent forty five million dollars for him to just be worthless. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's hard to listen when you got the money for uh, for these uh, for these players. 
that you don't have any money. And yeah. so, and I, and I get that money's down across the league, but apparently not. Like, and some of these moves can be made. You know, it, it, and again, you talked about the business decision part of it. We don't. Our board doesn't run anything like a business or anything. It's just like their personal personal little fun club that they get to brag about having a Premier League club. And I, I don't think they're long for it either. I think they're just trying to sell and get out, hopefully, fingers crossed. they got one of the best traditions in, in blowing bubbles. got to be one of the best traditions. Uh, oh, yeah. If, if, we, if we finish like Champions or Europa this year, I'm going to buy an industrial bubble machine for my backyard. i got a new neighbor. He's a Man United fan across the street. So. Oh, boy. Yeah. Really? Yeah, he's been nice. The only time I've actually seen him outside was the day after Man U got like pummeled. It was some. Po- <laughs> I was like, "Hey, how's it going, buddy?" <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, that's great. Oh. But back in my time, there, we I had to get a, a subscription to the Dallas Morning News because that's the only place I could get the box scores and standings for soccer mm-hmm. before the, the advent of internet. Right. The Dallas Morning News mon- Monday Monday's paper had the box scores in the back page. Mm-hmm. I, I I love how many options we do have for sports now. Yeah. I mean, I have the Olympic channel on my television and I, I watched downhill slalom the other day and bobsled. Yeah. I love this stuff. I've watched the world fencing championships. Yeah. You know, I, the other day, I went, and two days ago, I was watching the semifinals for the world handball championship. Mm-hmm. Great sport, uh, by the way, which I don't handball? know why it hasn't picked up here that much. Talk about team handball. Team handball, yeah. That sport is awesome. It's got everything. It's got a high scoring. If, if you know Americans complain about soccer being you know one nil thrillers, this is thirty five to thirty four nonstop thing. I mean, goalie saving is an art. It's like unheard <laughs> of. It's like goalie saving a goal is like a home run in baseball you know yeah, it's, it's like you have to be a gymnast to, to be goalie on team handball i and, love it. and they hit each other hard and they, it's physical it's back and forth it's a, it's a great sport but yeah it's you're crazy. right we, we can watch everything and, and it's crazy it's basically espn at the ocho in real life like we got all the different sports it's fantastic yeah. <laughs> track you talk about yeah. track i i had a hard time finding track back in my day we we used to, you know, run tapes, like run down tapes, just because of how many times we watched them over and over and over, because the only that was the only tape I had of a track beat. It might have been a year old track. But now I get option to watch everything online. You know, our yeah. our home meets online. Yeah. Which, by the way, our teams are both looking great. Oh yeah. Oh. And M's track teams are both mm-hmm. looking awesome. Yeah. Um, and uh, so yeah, options are going viral. Would it? All the clips going viral with that freshman uh, on the on that the team. Un- mm-hmm. Unbelievable that the gear awesome. she has. Awesome. Yeah. Unreal. And Bryce Deadman in the quarter mile. We're yep. gonna get. We're gonna. We're looking at future Olympic medalists there. Yep. That's awesome. Donovan Brasher. I mean, he's not with us anymore with A and M, but a world champion and 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 a possible Olympic medal in the. He'll, he'll always be an Aggie. He's always going to be an Aggie. I'm so then we can always. we can point when he's you know competing on the Olympic Channel on NBC like that dude's representing Texas A and M. Exactly. So we're doing good that way. Mm. All right. Well, then we'll tell you we we got. I don't I don't want to hold you too much longer. We went a, a lot longer. I, well, I could talk all night about this. I'm, ba- I'm here. <laughs> uh, I want to talk a little bit about um, kind of your perception and, and obviously a very educated perception. 
on the differences between uh, and and really we can I was going to say three leagues, but you can we can include include Serie A in there if you want. Um, you know, Premier League, La Liga, Bundesliga. What what are, what are really the characteristics of those leagues that you see that make the style of play different? You, we, you know, when you see players go from one league to another and they struggle to adjust, obviously it's a difference in style of play, like as a league. There used to be stereotypes in mm-hmm. in a country's way of playing football. Uh, you used to think the Germans were all athletic and physical that the English were all about crosses, finding, you know, deep runs and crosses, that the Italians were dirty and defensive, mm-hmm. uh, that the French, nobody cared about watching French, so that they Still didn't grow stereotype. That the, <laughs> I'm just kidding, by the way. No, but that the French <laughs> were, were all about, you know, elegance and flair and champagne style football that never amounted to anything mm-hmm. when they put a, a team together. That the Spaniards were more passionate and tactically oriented than, than most. Those have gone out the window. Those stereotypes are, are being washed out when you get, you know, a Spaniard coaching a, a team that, that, you know, finishes almost a perfect season in England and a German coaching a team that, that breaks a 30-year spell in, in, at mm-hmm. Liverpool and you get, you know, Spanish coaches in Italy and Italian coaches in, in France and French coaches in, in uh, Spain with Zidane at Real Madrid. So those stereotypes are washed away and they've been... Uh, I guess the diluting in, in people's minds over the past 10, 15 years where you don't, what you don't lose is the culture of a league. A league is the product of, of its history. And, and those are things you can't wash away. The fans are expecting something of a premier league game. Every time they go into the stands, when they get a chance in Spain is the same thing. Italy is the same thing. And it's the culture that surrounds the league that, that makes them special and unique to each other. It's so hard to compare one to the other uh, because some are playing similar football. You think about teams in in Italy that, you know, mid-table teams that are playing the style of, you know, Barcelona's great years type of football and, and, and uh, German teams that want to play that way too, and and English teams that play the way that that you know Borussia Dortmund played when Jurgen Klopp was coaching them. So you get a mix of of a lot of styles in every league, but you, what you can't replace is the culture that surrounds the teams that you're talking about. You know, there's the culture that that has built English football to be what it is. They created the laws of the game, so. So they have a, a great respect for the game, even more so, I guess. And they'd rather win the Premier League than the European title mm-hmm. in England. Mm-hmm. And it happens with every club that the, the way they love and, and, and caress, I guess, their product is amazing. In Spain, um, there's a, a much bigger appreciation, I guess, for, for the way models of play and formations are are set than than some other leagues. Italy, you learn to appreciate that there's no better yeah, tactically oriented teams than the Italians. 
and the games are really interesting because they are chess matches at some point, you know. And and then it's the the way the leagues are organized and the way they're modeled, right? Uh, the biggest uh, economy in in Europe and 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 the most uh, capitalist society in Europe, the Germans are the most socialist model there is in in sport <laughs> in in the Bundesliga because they all care for each other. They, there's equal distribution of TV rights. There's very little difference when it comes to distributing the money to those that have won more games than than others than that have lost, you know, a lot more games. So there is an interest for everybody to build the league, and not just one or two teams, you know, overshadowing the rest that you can have in in Madrid or in Barcelona. So. When you think about all the, the the way they're organized, if you ask me what's the best model out there, I would tell anybody that's trying to form the ideal business model for a soccer league to look at the Germans and the way they do it. They they were the first ones to come back after the uh, confinement of the pandemic, right? They they sure. were the first ones to kick off, and they oh yeah, out. everybody was trying to figure out like, all right, who's my Buddhist? how are we going to do it? Yeah, and the Germans did it first. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, I can't say I watched my first Bundesliga matches because they were the only ones running. Yeah, everybody was watching them. Everybody, even in, in England, I mean, Bundesliga matches were rating higher than most Premier League matches, but that was the, the, the people were craving to watch mm -hmm. the sports, yeah. right? And, and the Bundesliga did a great job in taking advantage of that fact. They understood that they were coming out the gates before anybody else. So they try to instill in those two, three weeks that they had an advantage over the rest, a little bit of what they're about. I don't know who picked up on it, but I'm, I'm sure most people saw more Bundesliga matches in those two weeks than, than they had in the two years prior. No, oh, I mean, there, there, was, there were things going viral that were quizzes like, okay, so this is the only sports league going on right now. Yeah. Answer the questions and we'll tell you who to root for. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what team should I follow, right? Yeah, sure. Yep. And, and, and the teams did a great job, too, like uh, re trying to reach out there to fans that were not not even familiar with Bundesliga, but familiar with soccer. Yep. And, and, and to that, they, I work closely with the guys at the press office at the Bundesliga, and they do a great job in reaching out and, and making their product available to, to the world. You know, you, we were competing, and this is everybody. This, is, this includes all sports. All sports are completing, competing with with so many other things it's the the in an age of distraction right who stands out over the rest yeah, sure how we're we going to because it's not that you know gymnastics is competing with swimming and track is that you know they're competing with football baseball team handball the fortnite Mm -hmm. and whatever else is going on tiktok making machines out there in the streets you know they'd rather spend 90 minutes making a tiktok video that lasts you know 90 seconds than watch a 90 minute soccer game or the fifa game for example you know sure. i can't get my son to watch a soccer game with me but he'll play 20 soccer games on the on, on, on 20 soccer video games right sure yeah, I, I am happy to report that uh, West Ham has made the Champions League uh, in seven straight seasons uh, for me. 
So and you're probably taking a picture of that too. Once it comes out <laughs> with all the graphics and West Ham walking in with the Champions League trophy, right? You know, no, nobody will even believe I could do it on Viva. Um, <laughs> but uh, hey, man, we'll go ahead and close up. It's starting to get a little late. I know you're an hour uh, hour ahead of us. Um, but man, I want to thank you so much for coming on. Oh yeah, this is we were. I've been looking forward to this since you and I talked about it. Um, I would love to hear your opinion on the pay-for-play system that we have for youth soccer in the United States, but I feel like that's a whole other conversation. Maybe you and I'll have offline because it's. We talked. We talked about Matthew Hopi, right? It costs about seventy-five thousand dollars to get into that academy in both in uh, Arizona. Wow, it's it's yeah. disgusting. Everywhere else in the world, all he needs a ball. But it's working. Some some are saying that it's working. Because you think about how many players are, are how many American players are, are abroad, how many American players are now, you know, landing in top tier uh, soccer teams. Right. My, my gauge for it working is the success of the men's national team. Yeah, we'll see what that happens. Fingers yeah. crossed. So, so, yeah. So, anyways, like I said, I don't think it's working. Yeah. And- <laughs> You mentioned you started following the game because of the Aggie women's soccer team, right? And, right? and Roy and I have a crusade that I want to make good use of this platform to to give it a little push. We're trying to get the Aggie women's soccer team jersey. All right. I don't know if it's sold or out there. You know, I don't want it to see in academies or, or at the MSC bookstore. Sure. I want it in my closet. Okay. Yes. So how do we get... So I tweeted about it at one point. This is back when Emmett Smith's daughter was on the team. He retweeted and picked it up. Yeah. Um, I think it's just going to take people with more of your push to tweet at them mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to me. <laughs> how do we do it? How do we, how we, how do we get Ross Bjork to, to just come up with some Excel versions of the shirt for, for sure. big guys, you know, and, and I want to see that hoop. Well, yeah, I love the hoops. Yeah, with, yeah. yeah the ringers. I, I'm telling you, if if they put out a line of the ringers, they would be surprised how many they would sell. No doubt. I bet you. I don't think they, they have an idea of how many fans are out there that would love to have that sweatshirt. In the you know, Me too. You, you should consider tweeting at Ross Bjork because he answers tweets. And he'll certainly answer one from, from, from a you know, famous. Right. How about we live tweet this one right here? Do it. <laughs> So I'm putting dot at Ross. Ross. Okay, just finishing. Come on, guys. Give me some dic- dictate. Just finishing the podcast. Finish podcast with Red Ass. Red Ass podcast. And Roy. myself and former Yale leader. You know, I've met him a couple of times. Not that I've left any sort of lasting impression on him. And we came to thinking. Yeah. You know, we Where? Come to the conclusion that we need to get with Adidas, and I tag them too. Yeah, Adidas. We need to get with soccer. Adidas, and we need Aggie women's soccer kits. Yeah, replica kits. Or maybe jerseys. Yeah, replica. Maybe don't say kits. Yeah, replica. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to see me in those shorts. <laughs> that we're, yeah. So All we right. came to the conclusion that we're still looking. No. We're, we can't we're even anxious write a tweet. To- we're still anxiously awaiting the release, yeah, of of the Aggie women's soccer jerseys, or hoop jerseys, or winger jerseys. Wow. Okay. I, I would easily buy one. I'd probably buy the keeper one too. The release of the 
Okay. Yeah, make sure you tag out your women's soccer in it too. Yeah, I'm doing that. We will retweet that. Yeah. Um, soccer. I follow Aggie Soccer, but it's not coming up. Yeah, I think it's that just is, Aggie Aggie, it's just Aggie Soccer. Yep. And I gotta tell you, too, I gotta come clean here as well. Uh, my uh, spell thing of Jib is mm-hmm. in Spanish, so anxiously is kind of giving me a hard time, but I'm <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, right. <laughs> so uh, we're still uh, conclusion is with one S, right? Conclusion, yes. One S. <laughs> yeah, concussion <laughs> is with two. <laughs> That's probably what I got that I can't even write. <laughs> what was that? This is dynamite. <laughs> we'll we'll wait for your wait for your again. reply. They will reply. All right, just posted it. All right, right. Yeah, most we'll, of my followers yeah. are gonna go. What is he talking about? Yeah, who the hell is now? <laughs> uh, that's <laughs> all right, man. We'll do it. Dave, you have a wonderful evening. You tell your family I said howdy. I hope they're all Dave, doing well. They're going, Dad, you're going on a podcast. It's 8 p.m. Who are you doing it with? I go, it's it's with Roy. And they're looking at me, Roy, yeah, yeah, Roy. Um, <laughs> that guy. We're going to, uh, this is for you guys to get your Thursday night barbecue pulled pork potato, you know, what is it? Baked potato? Uh, barbecue stuff, baked potatoes? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it comes out on Thursday. This is so you guys can have it on a Friday. Look, they're on the menu every day now. So next time you come in town, we will have some for you. Are they? Yes. So every day. Jeez, I thought it was. I I thought it was something special. But whenever they come in, just tell them that you made them exclusively to them for that day, whatever day. Correct. Absolutely. (laughs) And this. This year we're gonna see each other a lot. I'm hoping, as I'm hoping to hit a, a track meet, and I'm going to a, a football game. So my uh, I, the schedule came out the other day, right? So I I blasted it to my two kids on their uh, phones and my wife, and um, I have three kids, but my daughter doesn't have a cell phone, and she ain't allowed to have one until she goes to college. She's not right. having one. I like it. <laughs> so I <laughs> sent the schedule out. And my next question is, which game do you guys want to go to? And and my son replies, uh, Mississippi State. Is that good? He said, yeah, it's a good game. But why? We're playing Alabama at home. He goes, yeah, Dad, I knew that. But I don't want to see you mad. Oh, <laughs> so, awesome. So I go, dude, this year we stand a better chance. So I'm- tell, tell, tell him I said I'll be really happy for him when he gets his phone back after he's done being grounded. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm pushing my buttons to go to alabama game man absolutely oh i don't blame you hey when you come in town um if you end up coming in for more than one game or if it's a track weekend or something if you come in kind of for a one-off let me know um i know i've got uh between the two of us we have uh you know a handful of premier league fans here in town i'm sure they'd love to meet you if you wouldn't mind do a little no not at all that'd be great awesome. that'd be yeah. great times have changed i mean i live in the northeast right and and sure when it's been 50 16 years since I've lived here, and there's no way you could watch a soccer game in the morning. Like we've talked about this not too long ago, but one day I was over at the butcher shop, and 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 they had a Liverpool match on at, at 10 a.m. Yep. And they're, they're they don't have it. They didn't have it just to decorate the wall. Mm-hmm. They were watching it, 
and I'm telling you, this, the following of the game has increased tremendously here. Oh, and yeah. you can you can really that's a, a test that by when you know you guys live in a permanent summer, but our summer when we go out, you see more and more kids mm-hmm. wearing soccer jerseys because they're uh, a it's the exposure. It's all it's all the exposure. It's a status, you know. It's oh, yeah. they show themselves up as knowledgeable and worldly. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, and it's a, it's a conversation starter, and I love it. I'm I'd love to have uh, not played any single part in it, but to be able to witness it, and no doubt the fact that we yeah. spent more time talking about soccer than the Aggie football team says a lot about how much the game has uh, has grown. By the way, our team is gonna kick some good. Oh yeah, no, yeah. If you want to come back on some point, we can talk Aggie football all day too. Yeah, I don't know about all. Oh, I, I'm, I'm telling you, that's the team. If you ask me, what's your team? What's the team that that takes away your that it's able to manipulate your mood? Oh yeah, yeah. It's Aggie football. No doubt about it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've 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 gotten better because like two years as being a yell leader, I couldn't be like a, in a super poopy head mood, you know, yeah. when they were playing poorly because I just wasn't allowed to do it. So that helped, but I still get, you know, yeah, it, they, they can alter my weekends. Not as much as they used to, though. Like, yeah, I, one I'll, question to you guys. Which which time slot do you prefer? The noon games or the 7 o'clock games? Oh, night game. Every oh, yeah, night games. Yeah, absolutely the night games. Uh, the, I don't care for 11 a.m. kicks at all. I mean, just because, one, it's probably going to be a crappy opponent. Probably. Like, I either want the 2.30 CBS slot or I want the 6, 6.30 slot. Yeah, yeah, the six thirty. If we play a bad game, I have a tough night sleeping. That's why. Sure. Yeah. And I can't get over it. You know, by eight o'clock, nine o'clock, I, I'll be tired of being pissed off. So, so right. just go to bed. You know. The problem is, like, if you play eleven a.m. kick and you lay a stinker, it's ruined the rest of your day. It's true. That Vanderbilt game almost ruined our season. Mm-hmm. That was the first day. <laughs> well, let's talk about something else. So you can go out and be an international football broadcaster and Aggie football still at the core. See, there you go. There you go. I, I always talk about it. Listen, when I used to call the games, Mexican national team games, it was Johnny football's time, right? And uh-huh. anytime I could lay my hands, not my hands, but anytime I'd find a spot to squeeze you know, one plug in, in <laughs> plug in Johnny football's name in there, any, I would do it. That's awesome. Love it. Well, tell you what, a and can can use a whole bunch more uh, great ambassadors like you. That's oh, for yeah. sure. Well, it's it's a great responsibility. It's a great honor, and I take it with with big pride too. Awesome. I love it. Hey, we appreciate Thank you guys. It. You have a wonderful evening, um, and then yeah, we'll try and link up when you get to College Station. Definitely. Gag him. Gag him. Thanks so much. All right, folks. Uh, so that was our guest, uh, Fernando Palomo, and uh, that was a fun little call, wasn't it? Man, I could have talked to him for another hour. That was an absolute blast for all of you that were looking for American football. Sorry. <laughs> yep. Oh Sorry. Well. Oh, well. Um, culture yourself. Um, yes. but, uh, but, hey, yeah. So, again, uh, that was awesome. Uh, we're still lining up the baseball preview podcast. Yep. Should be so, next week, hopefully. Hopefully. And if, if we don't have a guest, I mean, I can talk baseball all day. So We will absolutely wing it. Um, so, <laughs> we, will, we will make it well work. in Aggie baseball it's not like we're having to wing it you know it, if we were talking about another program it would be completely sure. you know, off the cuff 
So, uh, but again, hey, thank y'all for tuning in. Of course. Um, I hope for those y'all out there that are Premier League fans or have, or Bundesliga or La Liga or or have thought about maybe starting to watch it just because, as as he alluded to, Mm -hmm. you know, how many sports you can watch now. So um, many. You know, so maybe you end up kind of starting to follow the Premier League. So um, hop on in, join, jump the bandwagon. Just make sure you jump on the right one. But yeah, um, as not, always, not you, Fulham. Yeah, well, yeah, not obviously not Fulham. Not Fulham. If you want to, want to watch Champions League next year. Yeah, um, fingers crossed. So Rob, Twitter handle. Uh, it's gonna be Robert underscore fourteen on Twitter. Yeah, I'm Roy May fifteen. Uh, you got any band news? Yes, we're playing at Hurricane Harry's on the twelfth. Oh hell. Oh, hell. A little little pre-Valentine's Day show. We are going to get absolutely shmammered that night, I'm sure. Oh, my. It's going to be great. It's our buddies Pecos on the rooftops up from Lubbock, Texas. It's probably going to be a sellout, so get your tickets now. There you go. Hurricane Harry is still going strong, too. Still going strong. Proud of him. All right. uh, So that's all I got this week. Hey, thank you all, uh, as always, for listening. I hope everything's going well out there uh, for you all. uh, Kind of. And, you know, as we seep into really get our, our heels dug in in 2021, sure. um, you know, a lot of, a lot of hope for a lot of things, you know, not, uh, the least of which is the vaccinations. Um, so keep those uh, rolling out. Yeah. Keep rolling them out. Uh, you know, my, my parents have been able to get them. So that's, that's uh, I'm thrilled about it. Um, but yeah, so I got nothing else, man. We're good, man. Yeah, good, man. Of course. Come on, you honor.